Hi. 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 Hello. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about. I'm curious about, I'm curious about building open, authentic, loving relationship. I'm curious about jealousy. I'm curious about polyamory. Does it just mean that you're fucking all the time? How can I tell my parents that my partner is already married? I'm curious about... How do you know when you're too busy to have another relationship? I'm curious about dominant and subordinate relationships. I'm curious about sexual health. How can relationships can evolve with people evolve as they grow and change? If my scorecard was, did all the things get done, I win mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If my scorecard is, is my life more enhanced? It is it more joyful. Am I thriving because of this partnership that my math went out the window? Welcome to the Curious Folks podcast. For those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue. And I'm Jacqueline Misla. And today we're talking about perceived inequity in relationships. Specifically, what if you feel like you are putting in more effort than your partner or partners? Or what if your partner feels that they're doing more work than you? We are challenging the notion that each person in a relationship has to put in their equal share in order for the relationship or the household to thrive. In reality, relationship math is more complicated than that. Because the value of each person's contribution is subjective, it depends on the individual's value system. While one person can assign a ton of value to a clean home, the other can assign similar value to organizing an adventure-filled vacation for the family, and another assigns similar value to making sure the kids have a nourishing reading list, but not vice versa. This can leave people in the relationship feeling like they're doing the lion's share and breed resentment. This episode originally aired in December of last year, and since then, my thinking on the subject continues to evolve. We're in the midst of working on an episode that'll come out later this month on ADHD and relationships. In particular, things to know if you are in a relationship with someone with ADHD or if you are the person in the relationship with ADHD. In the episode, we talk about my experience as a neurotypical person who is the ex-wife, mother, and current partner to folks with ADHD. And my experience as someone with an ADHD brain who's trying to balance romantic, collaborative, and parental relationships, deeply aware of the frustrations of all sides. The research and conversations that we've had in preparation for that episode has given me deeper insight as to why it felt like I've carried most of the weight of responsibility when it came to household chores, navigating through conflict or emotional connection because of the unique dynamic between neurotypical and ADHD folks. The prep for that episode has also reminded me of all of the joy, creativity, fun, and balance that I receive because of those relationships. So if you have ADHD or parent or partner someone with ADHD, then keep an eye out for that episode. Until then, here is what we have to say about relationship math. So I brought this topic to the table because Mm -hmm. this has been an ongoing... (laughs) not only in our conversations in my entire life mm. this theme of feeling like i am doing more people being annoyed at my idea that i am doing more <laughs> <laughs> and, and me partnering with folks where there feels like a natural imbalance if you will where it feels like the relationship is designed right exactly for me to do more and it has taken you know all of my 40 years to get to a point where I'm actually now rethinking and challenging the relationship math that I had in Mm -hmm. my head. So the relationship Mm -hmm. math in my head went a little something like this. Let's assume there's a hundred percent of things to do within a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. I've realized over time that I have high expectations based on everyone who's ever interacted with me Mm -hmm. ever. I have high expectations for high quality of life, high quality of what can happen. I have Mm -hmm. very strong executive functioning skills. Mm -hmm. And so if I map Mm -hmm. out a vision, I'm like, we are going to get there by hell or high water. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. I'm going to, I have the discipline. I have the list. I have the time management skills to get us there. That's why that's exactly why we are 
heading towards our 100th episode <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> it is the 100th of the reason, 100% of the reason why we are getting to our 100th episode of this podcast. So oh yes. Like, pandemic or not. <laughs> Effie's moving across <laughs> the country. It's okay. Time zones be damned. We're going to we get there. We will get there. Um, so yes. Um, carry on, Declan. <laughs> oh, you know I will. You know I so so the idea right so the idea is that you know there's all these things that need to be done to make Mm -hmm. a life and relationship work and thrive i am committed to a life and a relationship that is thriving and so if there's a hundred percent of the things i at some point came to terms with i am going to put in 70 percent and my partner will put in 30. Like that is just what is going to happen. I always put in more. I always do more things. And I like came to terms with that and was fine with it. It was like, okay, I'm going to be the one who remembers all the things, who keeps track of all the stuff, who orders the groceries and who like reminds of the special days and who keeps tra- like, I'm going to be the holder of the emotional labor and the, the physical household, all of the things. And you're going to do your 30%. But then what would happen is when it felt like for me, they weren't even doing their 30%. I went from generous generosity of spirit to just deeply resentful and angry and just like flipped a switch. Right. So like a good example, and we'll talk, we'll talk about this at the dynamic, the parent child relationship dynamic is different than a partnership relationship mm-hmm. dynamic, but this is the, the one that comes to mind to me. In the morning, you know, with my daughter, I'll, I get her up, you know, wake her up in a lovely way, make sure that she has breakfast, you know, remind her, go take a shower, put the shower on for her, like do all the things to try to set up her life so that she can do all the things she wants, but with ease. But when she then, after all of that giving and all of that generosity and mommy loveliness, can't physically get out of bed when she is supposed to, or like takes way longer than she should kind of playing with her breakfast or whatever, I become furious, right? Or I have, I'm I'm working on that, but I would get furious because I was like, you can't even do your 30%. All I need you to do is physically get out of the bed and put your clothes on. Like that is all that I'm asking. And you can't even do that Mm -hmm. now. And I now translate that to partnership conversations that have happened over the course of my, you know, adult relationships, where I'm like, I picked out the restaurant. I did the this. I did the that. All I needed you to do was be here on time. That's all. That's all that I needed of you. And you can't even do that, mm-hmm. right? So, so that relationship math existed for me for a long time, and it is only until probably this last year that I have revisited all of that and actually tried to deconstruct it all. And I think that is what we're going to explore today. There is so much there, Jacqueline. There's so much there. <laughs> and I think, I think, and the good thing about it, I think it's a, you know, you, by no means you're alone. You know that. I think, you know, yes. I have my version of, uh, of this and we'll definitely delve into that as well. And I think this will just resonate with, with everybody that's, that's listening because I think we have at least once in our lives been on either side of that, right? Somebody saying mm-hmm. to us, like I did all this and then you just had to do this one thing or the person that's saying mm-hmm. I've, I've done all this and all you had to do is this, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a topic and in and a, and a space that will resonate with a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. your relationship with your daughter is all of our kids, right? Our relationship with our, with our children, our offspring is different to our relationship with our, with our partners. And mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have that distinction because sometimes we do find ourselves in, in that dynamic in adult relationships. Mm-hmm. And when we do, it's very hard to then have a place for the erotic when mm-hmm. there's a parental dynamic, because that's mm-hmm. just not where those things live in our brain. So I think just keep reminding that, that those are two, two separate relationships. And can we stay there for a second, just because I do think that that's important, particularly for those who were socialized as, as female and, mm-hmm. and all of the dynamics that go along with that, that if you are in a partnership that has children and you have taken on or been socialized around the responsibility of doing all the things mm-hmm. and have created that dynamic of, to your point, the parent-child relationship is designed to be disproportionate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We are supposed to, as adults, do more for our children as they 
grow into being adults. Mm-hmm. But that can then translate that energy into your adult to adult relationships and then correct. And now we can't be erotic if I am treating you like my child. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. If I feel like your child, right? Either I'm treating you like your child or right. I feel like your child. We sexy time is off the table. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's worth it. So I think that's worth mentioning. And the other piece I want to talk about just to like address is this idea of the the 70-30 assumes a very specific style of straight up math, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's how relationship math works. I think in your formula of like, I do 70%, they do 30%. I think the operative word is do. Mm-hmm. And I think when you were even describing it, you said, let's say there's 100% of the things that need to be done in a relationship, mm-hmm. which I think is its own criteria, mm-hmm. things that need to be done within a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, the relationship itself, like mm-hmm. the hundred percent of the relationship, not just the things to do in the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a distinction in there. One sits inside. If I, if you think about like Venn diagrams, one will sit inside the other one. So the relationship itself, hundred percent, and then within that, there is things to be done in a in mm-hmm. within the relationship, its own hundred percent. You yes. know, now we're getting into some complicated math. So I'm wondering if we can, I want to do a deep dive for a few minutes into if you are the person, if you're listening and you're like, I'm the one who always does all the things, Mm. right? Like I'm the one who holds, again, the the emotional burden, the the household work, the time and connection, the remembering of the things. If you're that person, I'm going to talk, we're going to talk to you for a little bit, Mm -hmm. but other person and people stay on and listen be a fly on the wall to this conversation. We're going to switch it up in a second, but I think it's important for folks to, to hear both sides. Mm-hmm. For the person who is feels like they're holding all the things, and let me tell you what that looks like for me. I'm going to give you a little preview into my brain. Mm-hmm. My brain, it's it's like there is like a, a ticker going on constantly. So you know if you ever watch like a cable news show and at the bottom, there's like the running list mm-hmm. of like all of the news. So you have the news that you're hearing and then you have this running list at the bottom. Or it's like if you had like talk radio on in the background where there's always noise, that is what it is like to live inside of my brain. Mm-hmm. There's what's happening in the moment and there is a constant... Mm-hmm. running tab of all the things that need to get done, haven't gotten done, should have been done, like all of it at all times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because that runs my brain, it is the way in which I have shown up in the world and have to like fight against that where I'm like, and now this, and now this, and now this, and now this. Mm-hmm. And it keeps score because it is it is does an exquisite job of capturing mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Everything I've done, everything you've done, everything mm-hmm. I haven't done, everything you haven't done. Mm-hmm. It holds it all. Mm-hmm. And and so if you're the person who feels that way, and if, if you're listening in and you're like, oh, I do not feel that way, know that might be happening in your partner's mind. <laughs> Someone might be doing it for you. <laughs> right, exactly. Someone might be keeping on track of everything for you. Exactly, exactly. And so that looked really different across my multiple relationships, you know, with some of my partnerships that have meant the how the doing of the house stuff like remembering we got to send out this bill we got to do this thing we got to get the groceries for other partnerships it could have been around more of the emotional labor of it mm-hmm. we haven't gone on a date in a while we haven't connected like and mm-hmm. being the one to lead that work mm-hmm. but in mo- for most of my adult relationships at some point i felt like i'm the one who has to hold mm-hmm. the weight of this thing sure sure First of all, that sounds exhausting. Um, so I'm sorry for, for, for that is, that is uh, what it's like for you. I get it. My experience of it is very different than yours. Mm-hmm. I don't have a running ticket. I have like a, a cloud. Mm-hmm. So my brain chatter is not a ticker. It's more like a, mind, like a complicated mind map and, and word cloud that just like mm-hmm. hovers and shifts and moves. Um, it has no order and it has no obvious connection to one another but at some point it all connects and then I, just, I have these like epiphanies well can you give me an example of that so it's like is it like i have to do the dishes oh speaking of dishes i forgot that mug cracked i gotta get another mug oh wait it's christmas is coming i gotta get gifts is that what like 
Give me an example to your sure. words. It's like a, a problem solving mind, but it'll work very differently. So for example, I'll start with the dishes. Like I'll give you an example. I'll start with the dishes and I'll be doing dishes and I'll be like looking at the dish soap and I'll then I'll think, oh, what makes, you know, what is dish soap made of? Oh, um, I don't know. But its function is to break down fat and protein because that's what the dishes are. And that point I'll go, oh God, I have that stain that I'm trying to get off my, you know, and that was, that's, that was like oil. Okay, so if this is happening with the fat, and then it's gonna work with that. So I'll, you know, and then I'll, you know, I'll then like use, I'll take the thing, the dish soap, I'll go and like, you know, handle my laundry, and I'll come back. And then at that point, like I probably left the tap on, and I come back and I'm like, oh, the tap. So that's kind of what happens for mm-hmm. me. But the, the, the interesting is like just a bunch of information is floating around. And I think mm-hmm. what happens is when I focus on something, when I try to focus on something, it starts to connect a bunch of other things. So when I'm focusing, mm-hmm. I see this soap. I'm like, this soap, what is it made of? Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a piece of information that's going to get me that answer. Mm-hmm. It goes there. And once it goes there, it like goes, oh, but this information also useful for here, here, and here. Right? I'm picturing, you know, in the movies where like, it's about like a mathematician or some scientist and they're just staring at this like big wall of numbers and stuff. And it starts to like illuminate like different pieces right. from the board and it comes together and they solve the problem. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, th- th- that is. And it's like a million ideas like coming together at the same time. And then when yeah. I consume information, it's just, like it just hovers around i don't like i don't have a working memory as you know so let me ask you a question because you also have felt like you have done more in relation in some of your adult relationships so what does that look like for you for me it feels like holding all of the pieces and making sure they get executed what does that look like for you yes not doing though the manifest is doing and i don't think about it's doing it's more like i feel like i take on the strength of the connection more than the other person. And that mm-hmm. is a combination of being, doing, knowing, you know, I think it's like more of a, a bit, a bit like my brain. It's like all the, you know, all the things at the same time that like connect in a weird kind of way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed this across multiple relationships, like the trend across multiple relationships that I uh, was like, as long as I invested in the relationship, the relationship was going really well. And as long as I was like fully connected, my, my, you know, very last relationship, I, feel like I was doing a lot of the work to have the connection available. So mm. things that common shared interests and like places that we would go to and like really engineered and designed the relationship, but without really a common shared goal. I was like, I know what's right for me and I know what's right for this other person. And I'm just going to go forth and like create this world and I'm going to take mm. interest in the things that they're interested in. So we have like a rich conversation and I'm going to calibrate to their sexual expression and I'm going to mm. almost like hotwire intimacy because I, you know, learn and understand how the other person's feeling. So it's not like doing the things that life requires because I can't mm-hmm. do those things um, for myself, never mind for somebody else, but more yeah. like things that really you know, make the connection, if you will. Right. You, you know. extended your bridge further, it sounds like. Yes. That's a beautiful way to put it. To meet them where they are at. And yes. in both our cases, we both were designed and held the world that we were living in with this right. with these people. You right. created the world and it sounds like you created a world that was more skewed towards their wants, yes. needs. Exactly. I have created a world, frankly, that's probably more skewed towards my wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Right. And which is why I had to manage more of the work of it. Because mm. I was like, if we're gonna do things, we're gonna do them my way. And if we're <laughs> gonna do them my way, who's the best person to do them but me? Yes. Yeah. So you all you need to do is just get up, get dressed, and get on the train. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna take you to where you need to go. And then if you can't get dressed and get on that damn train, now I'm pissed because I'm doing all the other work. But it was towards my own vision. And it sounds like for you, you created the connection again. But it was it was really meeting them where they were at. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean I think I think the extending the bridge further is a great, mm-hmm. great analogy. I think that's that's kind of what my trend has, has been. And of course, I did a digging of like why does this happen? Because mm-hmm. we are the common denominators of our of our lives. And if, yeah, if it's we'll something that's that. coming up, mm-hmm. we you know, we need to look within. Mm-hmm. And also really, we are the only person that we can look within. So mm-hmm. might as well. Of course, with any of these these, I trace it down, trace it down. And it really is an echo of my relationship with my dad, which historically has been an exemplary um, relationship. Like our you know, family, friends, relatives, you know, it is, 
it is one of those like stories told like how good uh, my father and I get on. And I, I've also held on to that narrative for a very, very long time. Like I have a really good relationship with my dad. You know, I love and respect him and all that kind of stuff. And when I was doing this work of like, why is this happening? And why that as soon as I decide, should I decide, as soon as I decide that I don't want to do that work anymore, the relationships start to disintegrate really fast. Mm-hmm. And the other person kind of like starts scampering around and doesn't really understand why things aren't like rosy and happy like they have mm. been, right? And why they're like, I was, I'm putting the same effort in as yesterday, but today, for some reason, it's not, we don't have this like amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that really boiled down to it. It was my relationship with my father is in that way, right? Like mm-hmm. we do have a great relationship and I work really hard at that, you know? Mm-hmm. And he appreciates it and enjoys it I don't think he realizes that I do disproportionate amount of work mm-hmm. in that relationship. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a really great example in that situation, which is so where I come from, backgammon is a as a game. It's like a it's like a type of board game. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's fun. But you know, it's something that you know. My dad is a a, a man of few words. Um, he's not you know he's not into long drawn out conversations but I figured out that if I learn to play backgammon he plays really backgammon and he plays it really well uh, he beats me he still beats me you know mm. that if I p- learn to play backgammon he and I could spend time together that mm. isn't necessarily um, anchored in conversation which is I would like right mm-hmm. so going back to what you were Jackie I, if it was up to me I would be like we're having conversations you know but mm-hmm. more I was like let me meet you where you're at which is you don't want to have like long conversations let me mm-hmm. learn backgammon it satisfies my curious brain anyway. And mm-hmm. so let's like, that's how we connect now. Oh uh, yeah. Right. So that's kind of what it looks like for me. Oh, that completely resonates. Yeah. Again, this is a really good point to make that. And we're going to keep making that like, it's important. The distinction between a parental relationship and a lover relationship is different. And we mm-hmm. need to make sure it's different. I think as we explore this, it's worth kind of like one noting the echoes that are coming from, parental side like for me it's coming from like my examples to do with my dad is like I am in your daughter's situation Mm -hmm. and then you're telling your side of story you're in you know my dad's situation so Mm -hmm. we are discussing parental relationships alongside with our romantic relationships I think it is one to good to note that the parallels right because that's the origin story too for somebody we'll get into that right exactly (laughs) and two like ensuring that there is a separation and distinction, right? There's work to be done to make that distinction really, really obvious and visceral so that we can also make room for the erotic and the the Mm -hmm. sort of the adult relationship that we need from our adult relationships and, you know, partners and lovers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can give some uh, adult relationship examples of what you have shared of extending myself. I can think about this particularly, let's say, in my 20s, teens and 20s. And I think this is a phenomenon, at least here in the States, potentially for folks socialized as women, of watching my boyfriend play video games. Mm -hmm. Sitting on the couch, not doing anything, watching them play video games. And even up until recently, I would say, you know, my partner now plays video games, not as much, but there were times where when I like, that was the thing we were doing. Mm. And by we meaning they were doing that and I was watching Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. going to a party or hanging out with my partner's friends. And I was not, I did not enjoy it. I did not like them. I did not feel seen. I did not want to be there walking there. I felt like, Oh, like that pit in my stomach, but I would do that. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I would extend my bridge Mm -hmm. to their world because that is the place where I thought we would connect. So yes, have totally been in that place. And I'm, you know, in, even though you and I, number one, think differently and approach kind of the work that we do in relationship differently, I'm hearing a pattern that I want to name, which is it feels like in each of our scenarios, we started down what felt like the obvious path for us. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is the thing that we do. And then it sounds like for each of us at some point, there was like a glimmer of like moral superiority. Like, Mm -hmm. look at me doing this thing, like Mm -hmm. learning, learning backgammon and look at me Mm -hmm. just giving you breakfast Mm -hmm. in bed. Right. Then that turns into obligation. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, now this is the dynamic I set up. I need to keep doing this, mm-hmm. which then turns into overwhelm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. This feels like a lot, which then turns into resentment. Why the hell do I have to be the one to do this? You're not doing this, mm-hmm. right? And so we go from like obvious to moral superiority to obligation to overwhelm to resentment mm-hmm. and just are like find ourselves in this mm-hmm 
terrible circle because even when we get to, to resentment, we get back to obvious path because we're like, I just want there to be calm and goodness between us. Mm-hmm. And if I have to be the one to extend the leaf, then we'll do that. And the obvious path is for me to do. And then we're back in it again. Yes. yes. I think, you know, I think you're spot on. And I think, I don't think it's just us who, I, I think that is a, a, a pattern that a lot of people experience, right? I think mm-hmm. in, in a way, the fact that we have such different ways of thinking about things and, and to an extent being in the world, it shows that the fact that we can fa- find ourselves in the same pattern is like, oh, it might just be beyond mm-hmm. the two of us. I think it is, you know, I think it's probably a lot of people resonate. And, and by the way, if you're listening and you're, you're hearing this, this pattern, you're like, oh my God, this is just an average month for me. <laughs> Let us know, like drop mm-hmm. a note on our Instagram, Yeah, you know, write to us, let us know. Um, because I, I, I think that's, I think that is a pattern for a mm-hmm. lot of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I look at myself, like personally, when I reflect on it personally, like what are the things, like, why do I do the thing that I do? Like why, what, what is my constitution? What are the parts of my constitution that really contribute to these, to this, mm-hmm. right? So for me to show up in this, like, apparently disproportionate effort towards connection right i think some of it is just people pleasing i think it's a defense mechanism mm. i think it's you know we all have it it's like wanting the connection you know mm-hmm. it's in, you know if, mm-hmm. if i fancy somebody i want to have a connection so i can mm-hmm. build the connection or mm-hmm. if somebody you know if i love somebody like you know like parental love like i obviously want my dad in my life and so that connection is important to me so i think mm-hmm. some of it is like wanting the connection that very specific connection Mm-hmm. And then, and then contributing to that is like some unchecked empath behavior, just, mm-hmm. just knowing, you know, having that, having that empathic superpower that is about just being so being able to connect to the other person and knowing what they want and, and, and instinctively kind of using that information to hotwire the, the connection and to make it all feel nice for, for everyone. I think some mm-hmm. of it is idealization. I think I did looking back, I did idealize my dad. And I think that idealization sometimes shows up in my partnerships mm. and then um, expectations, you know, like I also have high standards. They're just different, you know, they're different than the cleanest dishes in the world, you know, mm-hmm. but I do have, you know, expectations. And um, I think those are just like anybody else who's in a relationship. I think mean, those go unsaid mm-hmm. or I'm aware of them. So I'm dragging us all mm-hmm. towards that expectation mm-hmm. and because i imagine it because i see it in my mind's eye i can make it happen for everyone mm-hmm. and that is a you know that is a thing that i work with clients all the time which is i assume a common shared vision without mm-hmm. actually confirming it mm-hmm. you know like i in my head yes. want the relationship to look this way and yes. and, and i think it's really great for everyone but i haven't really checked in you know yes. like i didn't really check in with with my partner and be like, Hey, like my own shared vision for our relationship is that we're going to travel the world and like have a much more of a, a fluid, you know, whatever connection. Yeah. And that our love language is, you know, touch and kind of moving together. And, and they're like, I just thought that we we're going to like, you know, plant a garden and, you know, raise some chickens. Right. right? <laughs> Those are very different visions. Right. So you do need to kind of have a, you know, I, I think, you know, that common shared vision is an important thing to discuss. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Which is, all right, so so we spent some time talking about if you're on the side of I do more, I want to spend a minute talking on the other side, right? So now if you've been listening and you're the one who is be, who has been told in your relationship that you don't do enough, that your partner is doing more than you, let's talk to you for a moment. First, I want to say, I think you know if that is true right? So there may be times where you know, actually, that you're not putting in more effort, that you know that you are distracted, that you know that you're not engaged and interested. And so you are not truly putting in as much. You don't feel like doing the dishes. You don't feel like doing the thing. You don't feel romantically, whatever that is. If that's the case, then that's true. I I can't argue now with your partner. That is true. (laughs) You're doing less. However, there are probably times also where you actually don't feel like you were doing less. You feel like you are doing less because you don't have that shared expectation of what it is you are supposed to be doing. And so, for example, let's use the example of the clean house and the clean kitchen. If you're the person who who values ease, relaxation, comfort, and connection 
more than the cleanliness of your house, when your partner keeps harping on you to say, you're not cleaning things, you're not doing it, you clearly don't care, you're not doing enough. It's not that you're not doing enough, you're doing plenty to create ease and connection within your environment, which is the thing that you actually value. Mm-hmm. So it's not a mismatch of, of, of action. It's a mismatch of values or mismatch of understanding. I think that's, you know, absolutely key. And this is where the relationship, going back to relationship math, right? It's not as simple mm-hmm. as 50, 50 equals a hundred, right? You know, you're now getting into some algebra and, you know, like, <laughs> what are you, what are you putting your weights on? Right. Yes. What is like, it, so you know, if the other person's doing that, they're hundred percent towards a certain goal, which or certain you know a certain way of being or a certain mm-hmm. value, and for for some reason you don't value that at yeah. the, you know you don't value that at the hundred percent level, but it's like yes. it's it lower on your value system, then that hundred percent can register like 70%, 30%, no percent yes. because it's not something that you value, right? So yes. now you're looking at, you're looking at much more complicated math than that. Yes. Which is, so in the beginning we said, you know, that relationships with, with parents and children are designed to be disproportionate. But the question is, why do we choose adult relationships that feel disproportionate? And I would argue that I think that we met, because if you look at my relationship history, in most of my adult relationships, I have partnered with somebody who does not put in the same, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see me unless you're on Patreon and you want to watch the video. (laughs) But you are seeing, I'm seeing myself as doing more work when truly I've realized now it is different work. I have partnered with folks who value ease and play and connection more than the doing of the things on the ticker list. And because I'm the one who's in the hustle of doing the thing and getting up early and making the thing happen and serving the breakfast, like I have been, and when I compare my actions during the day to theirs, the math told me I was doing more. Mm hmm. But I have something deep inside of me that has longed for ease and play, chose these people in Mm -hmm. order to say, Jackie, put down the dishes, put down the slack, put down Mm -hmm. email and come and just sit on the couch and be. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, my daughter and I were walking home from gymnastics class and it started to rain. And so, of course, my mind was like, all right, we need to hustle to get home. We need to like look for any, uh, uh, you know, covering that we can like dash into and out of, you know, in order to, to walk the rest of the 10 blocks home. While I'm in my mind trying to navigate the quickest path and the driest path to the house, my daughter is in the rain, tongue open, mouth open, trying to catch raindrops in her mouth right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is a beautiful illustration. And I I can share, I'll share a partnership example as well, but that's a beautiful illustration of the the difference of how we saw that moment. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I could be frustrated with her and say, I am the only one who is trying to get us home in the middle of this rainstorm. You're out here playing and I'm trying to get us home. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I realized in that moment was we have 10 blocks to go. There's really nothing I can do to make sure I do not get wet. Mm-hmm. might as well catch some raindrops on my mm-hmm. tongue. Mm-hmm. And so I too opened my mouth and we counted the raindrops that we could catch on our way home. And so if I valued, if my percentile, if my math was, how are we going to get home in the most efficient way? I won that game, right? Mm-hmm. But if I valued the joy <laughs> in mm-hmm. our experience in getting home, if I valued play, if I valued connection, if I, if I valued lightness, honestly, she won. <laughs> She mm-hmm. won that that match. And so mm-hmm. the, the connection between the two of us meant we both did our 100%. Mm-hmm. The math wasn't 50-50. It wasn't 70-30. Right, exactly. She did her 100% of being fun. I did my 100% of getting us home safely. And we mm-hmm. did both. Right? Yeah. We got home and we caught some raindrops. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's exactly. I have a question. Do yeah. you, when you were her age, so around mm-hmm. 10, would you have caught the raindrops or would you have tried to stay dry? Because some of it is just child, childlike behavior because, because mm-hmm. she's a child, right? right? And I know that, of course, like there's also beyond that. And I'm, I was just curious to whether, 
whether you, for you, if it's like more like it runs deeper than that, or is it like fully conditioned? Yeah, I think. But I mean, so I'll give you some examples. With my ex husband, he loved traveling. He loved New Orleans. He loved music. He loved food, and so I did so much more of those things and got those experiences in my life because he created that with my partner. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I will be working, and and it'll be past you know six o'clock, seven o'clock, and I'm still working, and she'll take my hand and like bring me into the living room and just start dancing, or she'll be like, okay okay, now we're just going to watch this cartoon and like Mm. chill out for a little while. Like she'll bring ease and play into my life. And again, if my scorecard was, did all the things get done? I win Mm. every single time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If my scorecard is, is my life more enhanced? It is more joyful. And my thriving because of this partnership that my math went out the window. Yeah. I think in your situation, you've kind of arrived at a beautiful place also like you, by making your math more complicated, meaning having more partners yes. in the equation, you've actually kind of make, you actually kind of made the math, the math work, yes. you know, over time. And I think for some people you're dealing with, you know, if you're dealing with a couple, you have in one hand, you can say, well, you know, you're just, you know, you're just like an equal divide. On the other hand, I think sometimes making your math a little bit more complicated can yes. help you level it out a little yes. better so that's just worth saying yeah no i agree if you're if you're new to the podcast and so what effie's is naming is that i am i'm married and i also have a partnership and so in my uh, relationship with my wife we are both high achievers we are both folks that are focused on getting things done and so mm-hmm. that feeds that part of me there are an, uh, an innumerable amount of lists in my home. There's flip chart paper and whiteboards in almost every room, mm-hmm. right? And we have, and as a result, we have two homes. We have, you know, multiple businesses. We mm-hmm. have like, we're, we're the doing people, right? Mm-hmm. And I do need that balance. And so my relationship with my partner is very different than that, mm-hmm. right? You know, we, we share a two bedroom apartment with like dogs coming in and out of the home mm-hmm. and we, you know, turn off everything at a certain time and like cook dinner together and just chill in the evenings. And I, so I have designed a life for that balance. Mm-hmm. If I did not have that, if I was not inclined to be non-monogamous or didn't have these two partnerships, I would have to balance that out with friendships and other mm-hmm. connections mm-hmm. and find relationships that feed my doing this and find other relationships that feed mm-hmm. my beingness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that is, again, this, this math gets both simpler and complicated depending on your situation. And sometimes complicated is not a bad thing. Like mm-hmm. in, in, in Jackie's situation, actually that little bit of complication, let me not play this down actually. It is complication because relationships are complicated. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, actually helps so, to sort of balance the equation out. Um, I think sometimes it's also worth knowing that sometimes it can be difficult if you are in multiple relationships and people start comparing how much effort goes into each relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, that you're, let's say in the straight math world, you're going, well, you do 70% of the work here. I do, I do 30%, but I see you do 70% of the work on your other mm-hmm. relationship. Where is that? Where is that extra? Why, why don't I get that extra 20% over here where it's mm-hmm. available for over that? Right. Mm-hmm. So that also sometimes works in, in, in that kind of way. I see that also in the way that like my extra, piece right so i see people say oh like you're working extra hard for that other connection but you haven't even noticed that i had a haircut mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and so like those are all part of this 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 relationship math we're talking about mm-hmm. and i think um when you are in and, and also i we should also men- mention that you know there are plenty of couple like easy apparently easy two people relationships that are incredibly disproportionate you know mm-hmm. that some relationships they would look at the 70 30 be like oh my god that would be a dream like i do 90 percent <laughs> of the uh, of the stuff <laughs> yeah so honoring all of the things out there and then just thinking about that like thinking about that math and how it distributes for you and and what's important to you and and all that kind of stuff it's it's worth it's worth sort of sitting with that math yeah. And for both, for both sides. Okay. So now, now everyone, let's everyone now be at the table, right? So all sides of giving and doing and being right now, we're speaking to everyone. I think we'd, I'd want to explore, and this is the exploration I've done for myself. Why is that? Why am I doing it that way? 
right? Mm -hmm. I think there's a little octopus turtle in there, right? So a little bit of folks who, and if you don't know that reference, go listen to our octopus turtle episode. But essentially it's a little byproduct of our childhood experiences and our DNA, which plug for next week's podcast episode, because we are going to be doing an episode about actually how our our actual DNA and evolution uh, impacts how we show up in relationships. But some of us may, because of either nature or nurture or the combination of both, lean in and take on more and Mm -hmm. others lean away and avoid. And so I think that that is a a piece of it. But Mm -hmm. I think what you named earlier is, is almost exactly right. This idea of expectations if we don't have shared expectations, mm-hmm. you, if we define expectations for yourself as something that is named and agreed upon. Mm-hmm. If it is not named and agreed upon, it is just a wish. It is mm-hmm. not an expectation. Mm-hmm. And holding other people to the expectation of either ease or effort mm-hmm. is not fair unless that is something that you both have agreed to. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I mean, when we say agree to, it doesn't necessarily mean like, I can have an expectation and name it and we can agree that that expectation is not going to be met. Right. Yes, I think correct. the important thing is that it is, that it is communicated and there is a, in, and it's like, there's a decision made on it. Right. Yes. So I can say, I have an expectation that, you know, my partner is going to read my mind and know my ever changing moods and mm-hmm. thoughts and join me in conversation, you know, that <laughs> skips from one topic to another while I'm, you know, halfway through decided to do a, a handstand against the wall. Right. Mm-hmm. I can have that expectation. Um, <laughs> while my partner <laughs> I love does that. happen. I love it. Um, and my, you know, my partner can be like, yeah, I see that's your expectation. I'm just not, that's, I'm not going to be able to fulfill that expectation. Yes, 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 exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, a story that I've heard my whole life uh, from my siblings to my, to my daughter, to my partnerships is that I I have high expectations Mm -hmm. and higher than the other person. And so when I, again, try to live a life based on that expectation, I have taken on the responsibility of doing more because I'm like, well, I want to live up here. If that means that I got to do more of the work, then fine. I'm going to do more of the work to get there. But that was not a collaboration. I was, I'm trying to control the situation, right? And saying, this is the thing that we have to do. A collaboration is saying, how is it that we want to feel in this space? You know, uh, I noted last week in the episode about pegging that a theme that I keep hearing across all of our conversations, no matter the topic, is that we need to think about how we want to feel in any given situation and not just what we want to do. And if we want to feel connection and ease and we want to feel peace of mind and what then right that, that goes back to nonviolent communication and the needs and feelings list. Mm -hmm. And if I want to feel peace of mind and peace of mind to me translates as a clean house, because Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to have peace of mind if there's dirty dishes and there's clothes all over the place, Mm -hmm. then that's the conversation I can have with my partner. Not you never pick up anything or clean anything. And I am tired of it. Instead, the conversation is peace of mind is really important for me. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that I have peace of mind is not to feel claustrophobic in my home by mess. Mm -hmm. And so what can we do to create that peace of mind? Very different conversation. Yeah. Uh, Yes, absolutely. I think shared value system and a common shared goal are really Mm -hmm. important things to have in in, in, in any relationship and in discussion that is on ongoing basis, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer to the how you feel is often a way to get to like the value that is really important to me. And that goes back to, again, like the weighing of the maths, right? Mm -hmm. So if peace of mind, you you know, if you're for your value system, peace of mind is number one. And for me, value, you know, a peace of mind is is in my value system, like number seven, Mm -hmm. right? So the effort that goes towards peace of mind is going to be registered as less on the other side. So like deciding on what is our value system? What are the priority of our value system, right? What are the things that are really important to us? So let's say someone like me, right? So for me, actually, peace of mind, interestingly, the opposite to you is a room that I will feel peace of, you know, peace and in control of my life will look very different to yours, right? Mm -hmm. Mine will be, mine is often like post-its and like, books left open on on the on the coffee table so mm. i know like i need to read the, I, I, at some point in my bouncing around my house i want to get i want to get put that 
book in sight so I will read it because for mm. me out of sight out of mind right mm-hmm. so there are things out left in places to give myself cues that those are the things that need to be handled right mm. that's the hundred tabs that's open in my browser mm-hmm. it is, they're not open because I like don't shut them they're open because I'm I need a physical cue mm. To tell me, like, remember you supposed to finish like signing up for this account. Yeah. So understanding having a deeper dive into that as well, right? Let's say peace of mind is really important to you and peace of mind mm-hmm. is really important to me. Like, what does it look like? Yes. Right. If yours yes. is this like neat organized office that you just like want to see nothing but you know where everything is, like that's <laughs> gonna give me anxiety because I'm gonna be constantly thinking, what am I forgetting? What am I not seeing? <laughs> what is the thing that I was supposed to do? Right. Yes. And then you're gonna walk into my office yes. and my office is gonna look like chaos to you. But as yes. soon as I go in, I'm gonna like breathe a sigh of relief and be like, oh okay, like everything that's like hovering in, in my mind is now visually in front of me. Yes. And I, and whatever I touch, I'm going to solve some problem. Yes. It might not be in the order that it needs to be done, but at least I know that if I like pick up that book and be like, oh, book, oh I was supposed to read that chapter. It's, in, it's, it's right now here in my hand. Yeah. I can read that chapter. I'm like done, right? Ooh, I go so look at my browser. I click on a tab. I'm like, oh, that thing that I was supposed to finish. And in that moment, I have a chance of finishing it because I see it, right? Yeah. So, when I go into my office, I see opportunity. You go into my office, you see chaos. Right? Yeah. And the way that translates into a relationship, if you imagine, you need to once agree mm-hmm. on the values, you need to say, what is it going to look like? Like, what does it take for you to have that feeling, that that value um, mm-hmm. met? You know, yes. so I think those are really important conversations. I am so glad you gave that example. A, because it just, I now I know more. I learned more about you. <laughs> B, I... 100% believe we should take pictures of our offices and put it on Instagram because yeah. what you have described is right. Everything in my office is exactly in a particular spot. Yes. It's color coded. Yes. Like everything is a particular way, but it's interesting because what you have described around the open books and the open tabs is mm-hmm. in my mind. So I right. don't need it to be in my space. And yes. what you have is you have the, the you know, it, because that's on your mind, it has to be physically out there. Um, so I lo- I think that's a, I think that is a perfect illustration of of what we're talking about which is the way in which you navigate the world you think you feel you believe the way you want to be is in a particular way and you're trying to design your life around that. Right. And I'm trying to design my life around the way I want to think and be and yeah. us in combination then have to then have a shared value system exactly. and also a shared understanding of what quality of life looks like. So I want to go even beyond values, right? Mm-hmm. So cer- certainly value system, but there are things that we need to do actually do in order to create the kind of life that we want to have. Mm-hmm. And those things require time and energy and thoughtfulness. And so I think after the conversation around values, there's a conversation, okay, well, what do we need to do and how are we going to divide up the tasks mm-hmm. based on our strengths and based mm-hmm. on where it fits on our values list mm-hmm. and then agree to let the person do that work, mm-hmm. right? For you sure. take care of the food because you're going to be so much more creative than mm-hmm. I am in terms of meal. I'm going to cook for efficiency. I'm going to cook to use the least amount of pans. You're going to be like, I want to use paprika and cumin. And I saw this thing once in this recipe. And so we're going to eat much more interesting and, and, and food if you are in charge of it. So we'll eat at like 9.30 p.m. <laughs> right. But then that's fine because then I'll know I'm going to have a salad at 6.30 when I need to eat and just anticipate a wonderful, delightful, you know, creative meal at nine. But how can we, by relationship, by design, which is the work that you do, how can we design something that actually fits both of us? And I think that means two things. I think number one, it is creating that division of labor and then doing check-ins around that mm-hmm. check-in at the end of the month, check-in at the end of the quarter. Like how does this feel this, the way that we're dividing this up? And the other is to be okay with how it's being done. Yes. You know, my, my daughter is, is in charge of the dishes. For example, my wife does the laundry and neither of them do it how I would want. Them. <laughs> right. But if that's their thing, that's their job. I need to let them do it. I need to let go of control mm-hmm. and let them do the thing. Yes. I think, Again, the order of operations for once, I've got the order of operations down. I think the order of operations that I, I, I think that's really effective in these kind of situations is to get clear on the common shared goal and mm-hmm. the value system and then like translate that into doing, which is what you're saying, right? Yes. Which is like, what is, what is it going to take for us to do that? Right. Yes. 
And then who's doing all of this? Like who's yes. doing what? Yes, right? correct. And I think once you kind of work through that, and then the important piece is, of course, right? And and I would say the reason why we get to this like 70-30 situation or more mm-hmm. or less is that we all have our favorite strategies for doing these things. We mm-hmm. all have these ideal ways. Like Jackie would has an ideal way of doing the laundry, right? Mm-hmm. The letting go piece is letting go and I think also being creative about what it can look like. Yes, right? agree. And I think, you know, it's not going to look exactly the same. That's why we're going to continue to refer back to like, but is this a feeling that I wanted? Like, am, do I feel, is it about me being very stuck with how thing, our, my favorite strategy of how it's right. done? Or can I dial into the why, right? Can I dial into the value it's actually fulfilling and mm-hmm. the feeling that I wanted to have? Do I have those things versus... Yes you know, is my, is my laundry folded into threes? Yes, exactly right. And, and let me give some examples that are not for folks who are nesting partnerships and, and don't have shared chores, right? That could mean a distinction around how you see connection. So I know in my adult partnerships that there has been conflict before when I was like, okay, tonight we are just going to settle down and we are going to connect. Mm-hmm. And for me, that meant no devices staring into each other's eyes mm-hmm. and like learning each other's deepest secrets. Mm-hmm. And for my partner, it meant sitting next to each other, holding hands while we were watching TV, mm-hmm. right? That they were like, I am exhausted from the day. I want to, no matter what we do, I want to do in, in that space with you, but mm-hmm. I'm not, that's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. If we both walk into that, saying we're going to connect tonight and we're both in agree that we're going to connect tonight and our definitions around connection are very different. We're going to some, you know, we're both going to be disappointed. Another example could be around romance. I may say to my partner, you know, I want you, I want to know that you're thinking about me throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And for me, that could be, send me a line of poetry, you know, every mm-hmm. hour, send me, you know, a photo of something. And they may just send me like a heart emoji. Like mm-hmm. every few hours and they, they feel like they're checking the box of the thing mm-hmm. that I wanted, but they're, so it, it, no matter what the example it is, do, is there some shared understanding? And the other piece, I'm going to make it a little bit more complicated and just add this moment of when you're thinking about your values, I'm going to challenge you because I have had to go through this work of why is that a value of yours? So a value of mine, for example, I named is, you know, the food has to be a certain way, a protein and a starch and a car. Honestly and transparently between you, me and the, you know, thousands of people listening, it doesn't have to do anything about the food chart or like the healthy body. It is about worthiness and trying to prove that I am that kind of mother and partner. Right. That my daughter is going to go to school with a packed lunch that includes all the things. That's actually not about, I mean, it is about her being healthy, but it is about a, an idea of motherhood, an idea of womanhood, an idea of partnership, an idea of that I am trying to live into. Sure. And is that actually worth the hustle? Is is me trying to live it that worth the hustle? Right. And I think that is, you know, I think I think that actually is a value, right? I wouldn't mm-hmm. say the food is the value. I think the value is like worthiness is an important value for you mm-hmm. that, that that you are you are deemed the one that I want to challenge, frankly. Right. Sure. I mean, by yeah. all means, I think that just right. just yes, absolutely. Peeling I think, back the layer. I hear right, what you're saying. Because I think that mm-hmm. also drives you in sure making lunch for your your daughter mm-hmm. that's like you know with clementines and and whatever <laughs> yes. nuts and deliciousness you were telling me about this morning no nuts no nuts in public no schools <laughs> oh wow okay see mama knows this um, i would get my my kid kicked out of school because i'm like no it's a really good nutritional snack just throw it in there um, <laughs> because i didn't put a post-it somewhere that says no nuts in the lunchbox um so I think because that the voidness is the value because I'm sure it also affects your other decisions down the line and yes. other areas of your life, right? Correct. So like the food and the doing piece is not the value. It's like, what is it What is it that it's trying to fulfill? And then a good clue actually to know that it is a value for you is that when it also shows up and affects other decisions and behaviors and the other parts of your life. Yes, right? yes. So we named that part of the process is establishing what our shared values are, figuring out how does that manifest into actual activities and and kind of dividing that up based on shared expectations. I think the other piece that I have learned over time is understanding what our role is in the thing. There have been many times where my partner believed they were being helpful and I did not think that (laughs) Mm -hmm. because I realized over time there's a difference between being controlling, Mm -hmm. being a collaborator, Mm -hmm. being a cheerleader, 
and being a helper, right? Those mm-hmm. all show up differently. So there are times where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Like I got to do dinner and then I got to do shopping. And, then, and my partner would be like, oh, okay, how can I help? Mm-hmm. And that question actually can be really annoying. Mm-hmm. How can I help assumes that you don't actually know what's necessary to do in order mm-hmm. for us to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm like, oh, you know, we, Christmas is coming, the holidays, and, and I want to think about something that, that's fun for us and how we're going to connect and what we're going to do. And I want to make it romantic and sweet and New Year's and all that. And you're like, oh, okay, how can I help? How can I help means I'm in charge of figuring out the details and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delegate responsibilities to you. Of your vision. Of my right, vision. Right. right, exactly. Of your vision. Exactly. That's really important. Correct. Yeah. And so in that dynamic, that is a controller helper dynamic, right? right? And there'll be other times where it'll be a controller cheerleader dynamic where I'm like, I'm doing so many things. And they're like, go Jackie, go, you can do it. I love it. You're so great. Really what the aim is, should be a collaborator relationship. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what we want the holidays to look like and feel like. And let's talk about how we're going to work together to make that happen versus I have a very clear vision for New Year's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to do the thing, be mad at you that you're not helping with the thing, be overwhelmed about the thing and actually be so caught up in the manifestation and execution of the thing that I forget that we're supposed to just be connecting. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Uh, an easy tell if you're in that if you're in that dynamic of control or helper, control or cheerleader. Like essentially, mm-hmm. if you're not in the collaborator environment, mm-hmm. an easy tell is if you're if you're the controller and your ticker is really loud, mm-hmm. or if you feel like you have extended your bridge too far. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. feeling, and you know when you're getting that feeling, means something is is there's not synergy, right? Mm-hmm. Or if you are on the other side and you're like, how can I help? How can I help? Mm-hmm. If you're asking, how can I help? There's likely not synergy, right? And in both right. of those moments, you can say, oh, there's misalignment here. Mm-hmm. There's misalignment because you seem overwhelmed and I actually don't know what, why, like, I don't know what mm-hmm. you're working towards or mm-hmm. I am overwhelmed and I feel like I am doing more. In both of those cases, it's a moment to pause and say, hey, are we aligned right now? Mm-hmm. Like, Let's sure. revisit that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, we're going to keep going back to that, right? That if you can have those bigger conversations around what is it, go, you know, what is it that we're trying to work towards that common shared vision? Mm-hmm. I think a good way for people to work this out for themselves, right? Like, where are we in, in terms of our relationship, right? So I know mm-hmm. that people listen um, to the show. I know that people have like discussion groups around the show. I think a good for people, to, something good to, to think about is that if you're the person that you're saying, what can I, how can I help? The 99% of the time you're saying because you want to be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. You want to you do the right thing. The opposite end of that, actually, somebody assuming they know that what needs to be done and going ahead without checking in either, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when you have like two different mm-hmm. visions. I think in those moments, it's worth saying what, like asking yourself before you're saying, can I help? Asking yourself, what are we working towards? Yes. And if you can't answer that question, then instead of saying, can I help? Yes. You can say, hey, can we just agree on what we're doing? Yeah, and then I can contribute, right? Yes. I think again, like trying to catch these things not in the, in the thick of it, but as yes. things come up, and having yes. cues and clues in place to be like, okay, you know, if I'm asking, what am I, you know, can I help? Just before that, let me just think or jump to doing something. Let me just think, what are we working towards? Am mm-hmm. I clear? Am I getting a clear answer? You can even check with your partner and say, oh, okay, so are we working towards this, like? fancy, elaborate Christmas in our home? Mm. And are we inviting everybody over? And are we, are we hosting like the parents and everybody else? It's like, like, what is it that, okay, mm-hmm. then you can, then you can actually, if you missed out on that, that vision, if you missed right. out. And also why are we doing that? What are we trying to feel? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? I think that just having those mm-hmm. conversations littered in yes. and c- constantly aligning and, and adjusting to make sure that it, you know, that you are designing the, the relationship by design idea and the designing of a relationship is a dynamic process. You know, I talk about it's conscious and dynamic, right? Yes. Those are really important factors. And I think having these conversations along the way and looking at the cues, like right now, what we're talking about is through these, like some fun stories and, and stuff is these are the things that happen every relationship, right? Yeah. I, I see it so often, um, if not chronically at some certain points in the relationship they can provide us a place to, to heal, the place to connect, a place mm-hmm. to grow and continue to design the relationship. So it's worth asking those questions along the way. If you say, can I help? If you say I'm overwhelmed, right? Exactly. Yes. If you're the person that's saying I'm overwhelmed, my ticker is so loud right now. Yes. I can't think of anything. I'm just, just, oh, you know, mm-hmm. everything is out of control. Stop and think like, 
are you doing the things that you agreed to with everybody else? Like, or are you just like taking off on your own? And the reason why you don't have any support or appreciation or, you know, recognition or, you know, help all those things. Is it because you just forgot to tell people what you're doing? Yes. Right. Or did you not have those conversations or just went ahead with something without Mm -hmm. really checking um, if it was aligned with everybody else in your life, have those conversations Yes. And then the other hand, if you're constantly saying, what can I help? Or you're being told like you're not doing enough, you're not pulling your weight and everything else to just to say like, what are we working towards? And, and do I really want to subscribe to that? Right. Yes. Maybe I don't want to subscribe to, you know, a pristine kitchen. Mm-hmm. Right. So is that, how is that going to work out? Right. right. Is it going to work out? Right. Right. Yes. So these yes. are all good ways to reflect on both yourself and the relationship. Yeah. I love it. So, if you are thinking about relationship maths, it's not as simple as 50-50 or equal distribution. What you're looking for is not symmetry, but it is synergy. Mm -hmm. Wishing everyone good synergy vibes. (laughs) Good synergy, good alignment, good calibration. Like those, that language really helps people because that's all about collaboration and and multiple things aligning and multiple things working together. So think about it in those terms rather than what I do, what you do. But how can we get aligned? How can we collaborate? How can we calibrate to one another? All right. I'll have to give up my moral superiority. I do more than you list in my mind. (laughs) If this episode has resonated with you or you want to hear more from other listeners, then come find us on our Facebook group at We Are Curious Foxes. If you're still curious, want to geek out on more nerdy, sexy, historical, controversial topics, then go to our website where you can check out blogs or articles that we have from educators, authors, and Effie and I about sex, tips for thriving in open and monogamous relationships, and resources for personal growth. You can find us on our website at We Are Curious Foxes. For behind-the-scenes footage, mini-episodes, and over 50 videos from educator-led workshops, go to Patreon, also at We Are Curious Foxes. You can support this work by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or following us on Spotify or Stitcher. Send us a rating or a comment to let us know that you're listening. And we want to hear from you. Tell us about podcast moments that have felt impactful or what topics you'd like us to explore. You can share with us by emailing us or sending us a voice memo to listening at wearecuriousfoxes.com or you can record a question for the show by calling 646-450-9079. This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock, whose collaboration provides us synergy, support, and strength. Our intro music is composed by Dev Saha. We are so grateful for their work. And we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Things to know if you are in a relationship with someone with ADHD. In reality, relationship math is more complicated than that because of the value system of each person's contribution. Oh, sorry. Okie dokie. Curious Fox Podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. 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 Stay curious.